Hello, busy business owner. Are you tired of that overwhelming feeling, the burnout, and constantly chasing after time while you build your business? Trust me, I have been there. And that's what inspired me to create a new group coaching program for service providers who are ready to ditch their complicated, confusing business that just keeps them busy and stressed all day. If you've been hustling for three to five years and you are not seeing the progress or the income that you want, or the time freedom that you dreamed of when you started your business, then Thrive Through Simplicity Group Coaching Program is for you. It is a step-by-step framework to help you create a business that is simple, easy, and free from burnout. Visit chelseanewmeyer.com slash thrive through simplicity to learn more about how you can create a simpler, more fulfilling life and business with 12 months of support. It's time to break free from overwhelm. You've got this, and I'll see you in the program. Hi, I'm Chelsea Neumeyer, and I'm a time management and productivity coach. My goal is to help you go from overwhelmed to under control without a strict schedule or a bunch of productivity hacks. Each week, we'll talk about productivity mindset, actionable advice, my favorite resources, and you'll hear from guests just like you who are maximizing their limited resources. If you're anything like me, you're listening to this on the go, so check out the show notes and follow me on Instagram to learn more. Okay, let's start the episode. Hi, everyone. Today, I am so excited to be welcoming Benjamin Easter. Benjamin is the founder and head coach at Lucid Shift Coaching, where he helps badass business owners develop the resources, strategies, and mindset to build authentic businesses and experience more meaningful fulfillment and impact. Thank you so much for being here today, Ben. I'm really excited to chat with you. I'm excited to chat with you too. Awesome. Yeah, I would love to jump in and hear a little bit more about you and your journey and what inspired you to start your business. Yeah, totally. Uh, well, I'll give you the like the fifty thousand foot view because the, <laughs> sure. the detailed version gets kind of long winded. But um, but basically, I had a head injury when I was nineteen years old. Uh, damaged my left temporal region of my brain. Lost, amongst other things, my social skills and my ability to like relate to people. So I spent some long, lonely years before I realized that uh, neuroplasticity, which is like just like the brain's ability to regrow uh, to, or kind of operate around tissues that were damaged. So I discovered that and I was like, well, maybe I could redevelop these skills that I lost. And so I I went on this really long journey to kind of understand humans and language and all of these things. And along that journey, I was I was in personal development. I was always kind of an unemployable person because I'd only really lost this one part. But I was, you know, I still had like my math and my, you know, my my writing skills were fine. I could still do business. I had a, a business at the time. And so all of that stuff was still working. I just like had this one big gap. So while I was doing all that, I was like starting businesses. So then years go by and I, you know, each business, I kind of like think of each business as being, I learned something really valuable from them. You know, this is my eighth business. um, And I got like really closer and closer with each business to like something that really felt fulfilling and aligned and meaningful to me. And, you know, I kind of noticed that the, the closer I got to real alignment with myself, the better I made money and like the more impact I was having and and it just like seemed to work really well. So one day I was, I was, my business at the time was an acupuncture practice. I was a, a Chinese medicine practitioner and, um, and I was talking to one of my friends who was a coach and he like, I was working and I was asking him questions because, you know, I'd done all this study about human dynamics and, and all the social dynamics. And I was like asking him all these questions. And he like had this moment where he had an insight and he kind of looked at me and he like was like, have you ever thought about being a coach? And I was just like, oh, it was like the lights came on and everything, you know, the birds sang and all that stuff. 
so I, I set out on the journey to become a coach. I got really excited. I started selling coaching right away. And then I, I was doing trainings as well. Um, and so like, I just like, I started in the relationship niche, but I really quickly found that business is just my jam. I mm-hmm. love talking to business owners. I love the kind of person who has like decided that they're going to do something cool, you know, with their reality. And they're just trying to figure out how to do it. It's not a question of if they're going to do it. It's a question of when they're going to do it. And I just like, I love that place. And so I've been doing it ever since. Love it. Never look back. Amazing. And you you did summarize that quite succinctly because I've read your story on your website. I encourage everyone to read the full story um, because you've had quite quite a harrowing journey. So thank you so much for sharing that. And yeah. there's, there's a few things I want to jump in that you mentioned. The first being that this is your eighth business. That's yeah. kind of awesome, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love hearing that. It I don't know. For me, it like reveals some, re- relieves some of the pressure of that it has to be right the first time, which is oh, how yeah. I think always. Yeah, and I honestly, I see a lot of, especially the really early stage people who like have decided that they do want to start a business, but they're just like not entirely sure what or. You know, a, a lot of times I see this pattern where people will kind of, they're kind of chasing money. And that's what I was doing at the time. I was like, all right, what, how could I make money? And like, what can I do to like, just like make a living building a business, which I just like, there's so many different ways to make money. <laughs> my, my encouragement would be to like, do some values work first and figure out what's important to you. Like, what are your strengths? What are you like? What are your superpowers? How could we build a business around those things rather than just like trying to build a business around whatever the thing that you happen to land on that you think could make money is because you that's like a, a recipe for burnout. Essentially, mm-hmm. we'll get really, really burned out really fast when we're out of alignment with ourselves. So, yeah. And and I think there's also that you get so locked into the one idea, too, and then you like have to see it through when sometimes there's a better option like banging on your door. <laughs> Yeah, totally. (laughs) Yeah. And it's kind of cool because like, you know, if you're paying attention, you know, it's not like, because I think people, part of the reason for that is like, oh, I don't want to waste all the time and energy that I I spent Mm -hmm. like building what I've built so far. But it's not a waste if it got you to that next step. Like if you, because like I, when I was an acupuncturist, for for example, which was by the way, the closest that I had come, I really, I liked it a lot. I just didn't love the bodywork component of it. I didn't like the way that our culture tends to think about healthcare as like sick care and like people coming in because they had some problem or something like that. But I really, I was loving the, like the consultative part of it, like listening to people. I really like that about Chinese medicine is because it's very much about the whole person, you know? And so I was loving that part. I was loving like helping people get detective-y about their situations and Hey, like, look, that's what I do. Like that's the whole part of what I do now. Right. (laughs) So I cut out all the body work. Yeah, he's got all the needles. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And so like, so it's like really important, I think, to understand that you can collect, There's, there will be like, if you'll realize your purpose in hindsight, rather than in foresight. I think that's like the, yeah. the thing. Don't be concerned if that's your case, because some people like they come out of the womb, they're like, I'm going to be a doctor, I'm going to be a lawyer, I'm going to be an engineer, or whatever the thing is. And they follow that path and they're happy. But I think that is a very small minority of the people in the world. And so don't be discouraged if you haven't found that thing yet for you. And just like keep following the thread, keep following the next best thing, the next favorite thing. Yeah. I mean, I've interviewed quite a few guests for this show. And I always ask the same question to kick us off with how did you get there? What inspired you to start your business? And not a single person said, I wanted to be an entrepreneur. So now I'm an entrepreneur. Like not a single <laughs> person has said that answer to me. So yeah. I I always love, I always love hearing people's stories and understanding their background. So that's great. Yeah. The other thing that I wanted to, to ask about was that experience of 
losing that part of your brain capacity, for lack of a better term, right? Yeah. How was that in terms of like you were aware of missing out on that or not really? I don't know how to ask the yeah. question right, but yeah, no, yeah, I, I understand. It's because uh, there's a blind spot, so it's like mm-hmm. it's really interesting because you know the the very thing that we're using to understand ourselves is the thing that might be damaged or process like have some kind of something that it's just like a blind like a blind spot and it was really interesting because you know i was at, i was 19 at the time and you know the doctors were like you're you're probably not going to walk again for six months to a year and you'll never be yourself that was like pretty much what the doctors told me and i was like <laughs> with all of the you know fierce determination that only a 19 year old idiot boy can have I was sure. like, you don't tell you don't tell me who i'm gonna be doc i'll show you and so i like i set out on my journey to like recover really quickly i was like into deepak chopra at the time and really studying like how the mind can affect the body and so i was like no way i'm gonna you know i'm gonna take care of this or whatever and like i was really determined six months later i considered myself to have made a full recovery i was like up and walking two weeks later. And then I was like, you know, I thought I was back to normal six months later. And then it wasn't until I was having a conversation with my grandmother and my mother at, at uh, over Thai food one night. And my grandmother makes kind of like an offhanded comment, like, you know, kind of like how you've been since the accident. And I was like, what? What do you mean how I've been since the accident? Like I made a full recovery. She's like, no, you stutter and you have these big pauses and you don't understand what other people are saying. You don't know this. And I was like, like it was a, I, I describe it because it is like in a movie, you know, where the camera zooms in but pans out at the same time. Yeah. It was like one of those experiences where I was just like, what is happening right now? And I got really depressed. And because at that point, I'm like, you know, it's like that feeling of having spinach in your teeth. And somebody's like, oh, you got spinach in your teeth. And you're like, how long have I had spinach <laughs> in my teeth? You know what I mean? Only instead of being able to run to the bathroom and get the spinach out, like it's just like a part of your personality now. And, and yeah, have no idea how wild. Like, yeah. So I didn't really know. And then I got really paranoid and I, I kind of closed myself off and got really depressed. I really, I thought about suicide. I, I was really kind of, it, it was a, a difficult time in my life mm-hmm. until I discovered the, I, the concept of neuroplasticity, the concept that social skills were just skills and maybe I could redevelop them. So that's what it was like to be on the inside. I didn't really know. And then, you know, I still don't know. I mean, who knows what you're, what you show up like in the, in the world, but now I'm pretty confident that I can, <laughs> I can handle yeah. myself socially. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think that I, I like that it, I like thinking about it as a skill, right? I mean, I, I went to engineering school. I always tease to like, I was a very, very social engineer. And I think that there is that it's like the same thing. It's like, there's just like a gap of understanding how to interact with people. And that's such a valuable asset to being a coach, but also something that you can absolutely build. And, and just that, that emotional IEQ, right? It's like that being, being able to connect with people. So totally, that's very, very and, cool. And skill building in general, like if you're, I mean, if you're listening to this and there's something that you can't do, like it is such a fascinating, there's like so much written on it. There's so many places that you can study this, but like developing skills is its own skill in and of itself. And you can like, you can make it easier for yourself if you like learn what, you know, what are the mental models and hooks that you're trying to develop and what's this one sliver that I can go and practice and get feedback so that I can like figure it out. You know, like I remember like talking to strangers was like, Ooh, social anxiety. So like I stood at the bottom of an escalator to get over that social, cause I needed to get over that social anxiety piece. Right. Because if I'm going to meet strangers. 
I'm going to have to talk to them and I'm going to have to face nervousness. So I stood at the bottom of the escalator and I asked every woman out for coffee <laughs> till I got to a hundred no's, right? Gotcha. The whole point, the whole point was to get to a hundred no's because, you know, I, I wanted to get over that social anxiety. The point was to get through a hundred no's and still be alive. You know sure. what I mean? And yeah. Hey, I can survive. I can survive a hundred no's in a row. I mean, that's also a great skill to have as an entrepreneur, right? Like exactly. you have to do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Deal with a lot yeah. of rejections. Auxiliary skills. How many yeah. said yes? Just out of curiosity. Oh, no one. No. I, it was really quick. I got one fake number. <laughs> but Love that. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Which is so funny because uh, that was certainly at the beginning of my journey because now I'm I could do it. I mean I, I would I would have yeses on that, you know what I mean? Like I just like I know for a fact. Uh, it's interesting. That's great. That's great. Well, I'd love to talk a little bit more about coaching because I think it is such an incredibly valuable piece of the team you need as an entrepreneur. And I mean, there's all different kinds of coaching. If you've been in the space for a while, you know that. But I had kind of a life coach at the very beginning of my journey and at her advice and feedback like plays in my head in like a loop on a day-to-day basis. And so I credit her with a ton of my success and, and where I am today. So for you, what, like, why do you think it's so important to have a coach in your corner as an entrepreneur? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of reasons. I think maybe the most important one is kind of the one we were talking about before with like, with my grandma, like yeah. you don't know what you don't know about yourself. Like sure. you, yeah. You can't see your own blind spots and it takes someone who has a framework because what, see what she wasn't able to give me was that like, Hey, there's a path back. You know, like my, she was only able to like observe something and maybe our friends, our family can do that. But a lot of times they they have their own biases when we're, when we're talking to them. So it's like, it's really useful to have somebody who is on your side, 100%, like cares about you, wants the best for you, but is not in the pool with you and can like help you to notice the resources that you might have around you or the ways that you're standing in your own way and help you to navigate your way out of it. And so that's like, I think a really big part of it is just like helping you to notice your own blind spots mm-hmm. and to think about things in a way that you haven't thought about them before, because you are in your own story. You're in the middle of your own story. So that's one thing. And then another thing I think is just really important is to have that cheerleader who believes that you can do it and is on your side and is like, hey, yeah, whatever is going on, we can figure it out. I, I know you can do it. Like I, I know it's possible for you and we can solve that. So that's, I think, really another super useful part. Kind of think like holding space for possibility is one of my number one jobs, kind of. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, like a lot of business owners experience loneliness is the other side of the other part of this, too, because it's like, you know, you're doing your own thing and maybe you have a team, but you don't they're not your peers exactly and so mm-hmm. you know to have to have help thinking through decisions and getting clarity and kind of weighing pros and cons and it, it, understanding your own like values and what's important to you in a situation is not always obvious and intuitive so to have somebody that you can just relate to on a peer to peer basis who has different experiences than you and can bring that to your to the conversation I think is really useful. So those are like I think some of the major ones, the highlights of why a coach is so impactful. Yeah, absolutely. I mean the the advice that she told me that plays back in my head all the time is I was really 
when I started my business, I was always worried that I was going to be like a flake because I was still figuring out what exactly I wanted to offer, what exactly I wanted to do and who my ideal client was. And so I felt like I was, in my mind, I was changing it all the time and everybody was going to think that I'm like this big flake for changing it. And she just said to me, Chelsea, it's your business. You can change it however many times you want. Like you get to do whatever you want with this. Like no one's paying more attention than you. Change your mind if you want to change your mind. And it was just like the permission I needed to like, oh yeah, I'm being ridiculous. Like I can... I can build this however I want. And that was really, really exciting. So yeah, that thing that you just said is a really common one too. Like, like, oh, what are other people going to think? But it's like, mm, other people are busy doing their own thing. They don't don't have time to really be thinking about your business or how you said, oh, they said something different like two months ago. Like that's very rarely ever going to happen. And, you know, it's just like nothing. Yeah. I, I say all the time, like no one's paying more attention to your business than you. Yeah. And then... I am like excited for the day that I get a troll because that means someone's really paying attention, right? Like that's how I always about it too. Like, cool. Someone's taking time out of their energy to like actually respond. Great. Love that. Like bring it on. Like I'm not going to take it personal. Um, nice. So. That's a resourceful way of looking at it. <laughs> we'll see. Maybe I'll change my tune when it happens. But yeah. what should someone be looking for in a coach? Like, how do you know that that's going to be a good fit for you or with that connection? Like, uh, number one thing, and this goes for whether you're, I I would say any social uh, connection, but, uh, values limit is first and foremost, like, do they care about the same kinds of things? Are do you both want to create the same kind of world? Um, is, is another way of asking that. So like, you know, but again, with a partner, with a friend, like really like the, the friends that rub us the wrong way is anytime that that happens, that's at, we're a little out of values alignment that when we feel really good and inspired around people, that's because we're in values alignment with them. So, you know, asking questions like what's important to you or um, just like listening on that level of like, what, not just like, what are they saying? But like, why do I think this person is saying what they're saying? And does that resonate with me? Is that aligned with me? That sort of thing. So I think, I think number one, values alignment for sure. Other than that, like communication style, which you could put under the values alignment bucket, but I think it's like a little different. So conversation, we want conversation to be flowy um, because we're, you know, we're pulling things out of you. And, and I think it's really useful to have somebody who, I mean, where you experience the feeling of insight in a call. You know, I always recommend to coaches to have to do a like a free coaching session first. Now, that's for me when I give a free coaching session. That's selfish because I want to make sure that I I have a business that's full of people that I really love to work with and that I really get inspired and that I want to see them succeed and that I can believe wholeheartedly with them. So it is totally worth the gift of a coaching conversation for me. To, to ensure that I do that. But then, it, you know, people stand on other soapbox. Yeah, my time is valuable or whatever. And that's just fine. But <laughs> then we're going to be uh, taking a risk when we're talking to them because we're investing some amount of money in them and having that conversation. So I would definitely ask for it and use the reasoning that I just gave you with the coach if they have any resistance to it. Like, I would like to know what the what our flavor of conversation is going to look like mm-hmm. before I, I I take a commitment. And I don't want to bog down your practice with me if we're not a good fit, right? You don't want to be on calls with me, right? Like you can use that. <laughs> so that would be my that would be my I guess my unsolicited advice for the for the world. Yeah, I mean it's a, I, we joke I call it like a vibe check, right? Like you need to make sure yeah, that you're exactly. that you get along with that person because you're going to be spending a lot of time. It's often 
an investment um, in time yep. and money. And so having someone that you have that rapport with, that trust with, that that vibe with is really, really important. And I completely agree with you that I will give a 30 minute to an hour consultation every day of the week just to make sure that it's a good fit. Yeah. For the yeah. And you actually said something else that I think is uh, really useful. I just want to like highlight it, but the the rapport, but because trust is such an important part of the container, you it, it's really, I think, really important, really useful to be looking at that that conversation through the lens of, do I feel like I can let my defenses down with this person? Can I like let this person see what's actually going on in my life? Um, because without that, it's just really hard to get the kinds of results with a coach that you, that you're, you're probably after if you're looking for a coach. Yeah. Yep. So for your business, for lucid shift coaching, it's coaching for entrepreneurs, but it's not business coaching, right? Yeah, I call it business mindset coaching. Okay, love because, that. Yep. Yeah, because it's a little different. So I, I, what my area is around is around helping people think about things and how they think about things. So uh, there's kind of like two buckets. There's the mindset stuff, which is about like what you believe is possible, how you think the world works, where your limiting beliefs might exist that are like stopping you from taking action. Because, you know, the example is if like if I were to tell you to push over a tree, I mean, you might give it one good shove. But as soon as it doesn't budge at all, you're probably going to stop trying. So if there's anything in your life that you're believing isn't possible for you. Chances are you're not putting your all into figuring that out. So we want to unlock any limiting beliefs that you're having. So that's like one half of what I, how I think about my coaching practice. And then the other half, half is like strategy. So so this is like, not like I'm going to teach you how to do what you're, what you're doing, but more like I'm going to help you think through the strategic way of approaching what you're doing so that we can build you a system that is an inevitable system that mm-hmm. if you follow it, there's no, because this is something that I think you know, a lot of people aren't aren't going to be out there like saying it's not great marketing, <laughs> but but you know there is no silver bullet. There's no like magic wand. Yes. Like there's there's no secret ingredient to success. It really is like the same as like getting somewhere on a map. If you just point your feet in the direction and you keep walking and you're willing to like navigate whatever obstacles come up, like there's no magic. You're gonna get there eventually if you're or die trying. Right? Like that's the yeah. that's kind of the 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 journey. And so what we really want to do is figure out like, all right, how can we, how can we strategize to make sure that we keep walking? That's really important. And also navigate obstacles and conserve as many resources as we can while we're navigating obstacles. Cause that'll give us the likelihood of getting there before we die, <laughs> die, you know, die physically or die, you know, run out of funds or whatever. And like, you know, so that's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's an important distinction because like I said at the beginning, like there's all kinds of coaches in the space. And so really also making sure that you're looking at what's going to serve you best in this moment. And that mindset piece is so critical, especially I mean all the way through, but especially in the beginning, because you've never done this before. You're likely have never done this before. And therefore you're, there's going to be all kinds of stuff coming up for you. So and I'm you just, won't know mm-hmm. you won't know when it's coming up. That's the other side of it. Right. Like, because yes. remember, it's like spinach in your teeth. It'll it for you. It will probably feel like a reason. You will think that it, it is just a reason why you can't do this thing. And all of the best like mental gremlins are very believable. <laughs> and and if you're not like if you don't have somebody who can see that and help you to see it, 
so that you can start to take some different actions and think differently. It's, it, you can, it can be really hard, hard to get out of that. Absolutely. And that leads me to a question, like what, what are those mental gremlins that you often see with entrepreneurs? Like what kinds of challenges are people bringing to the table? Oh, there's like a, there's like a, the mindset ones are, there's like a bucket of them, but here are, here are the ones that are off the top of my head. Uh, perfectionism, like, oh, it's got to be perfect. I want to get everything like right before I pull the trigger. Um, there's people pleasing where we like kind of don't set boundaries very well, or we say yes to things that we're really a kind of a no to, or we like kind of do things that we wouldn't really want to do in the first place. Procrastination, like how do I get myself taking this kind of an action when I know it's the action I quote unquote should take? Fierce independence, like I have to do it all on my own. I can't, I can't, I can't ask other people to help me, and I, I have to like micromanage my team and all that stuff. Comparison is a big one. Uh, you know, I th- they're farther ahead of me. I should just quit, or you know, they're uh, I like what? Why am I not where they are? That sort of thing, which can be really discouraging. So those are like the major ones, uh, of which I think there are, are subsets. But sure. yeah, I mean, yeah. I was laughing. Overwhel- at a few oh, of overwhelm, overwhelm. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. Overwhelmed. There's too much stuff to do. Not enough time to do it. Yeah. 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 That's my that's my area specialties. Uh, specialty yeah, right there. there. Um, <laughs> there yeah. But I was just laughing because yes, I mean, absolutely. Every single I feel like every single one of those I have experienced. I do experience all of the other clients that I've worked with work through those things. Other entrepreneurs that I know. It's 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 like I said, it's tough, and I, I don't I don't think unless you're in the world, you can fully appreciate where these things come up for yeah. people. And if you're experiencing those things, like this is the really cool thing, because like I think there's like a sense that we just like have to tolerate them or whatever, but there is a way out. Like you you can you can overcome these, and it is like their thoughts, and it's the ways that we manage our mind, and it's the way that we put together our story about the world, which is really important. But there is a way out, and it's like so cool for me. It's so cool when you know when I start to because it's like a there's like a ramp up period around mindset. So mm-hmm. it's like you know in the beginning it's kind of like popcorn. You know, in the beginning you put the popcorn and the oil in the in the pot, and you turn the heat on, and like nothing happens. Or like, it doesn't look like anything's happening for a long time. And then and for a long time, nothing's happening. And then it's like, oh, one popcorn pops. And then like, oh, another one pops. And then like, it starts to like pick up momentum. And pretty soon, you know, the popcorn is just like roaring, right? And so that's kind of like what the entrepreneurial journey is like. Is like, in the beginning, where like all the ingredients are there. It's just like, it takes some time to get ramped up. And same thing with mindset work. It takes some time to get ramped up. But pretty soon, like, oh, like you'll start to like, kind of it's like it's like you'll start resolving little things and all of a sudden your speed picks up every one of them that you resolve so i think it's just like it's really cool yeah and then you want to hold space that is possible yes and i think that that's another it's another incredible value of working with a coach because it's not a flip switch you can flip right like you're not gonna i mean maybe if you're incredibly strong you can flip the switch and say okay i'm not gonna be a perfectionist anymore i'm done with that life right like but the reality is someone's probably going to help you have to change some of your thought patterns around totally. that behavior. And and the other side of it too, is like, you're probably, you know, unless your business is being a coach, you're probably not like really digging into the tools and the, you know, the research, like that's not probably how you're spending your time reading and all that stuff. And so, cause you want to be building your business, <laughs> which mm-hmm. is, you know, whatever you're doing and trying to figure out the best ways to do that. So it's a it's it's like a big detour to go and learn about the mind and psychology and how our how we put together our stories and all that stuff. So to go with somebody who kind of that's what they do 
it's just like using a team, you know, you, you might be able to figure out like perfectionism, which is just one of them through a course of study and practice in perfectionism on your own, if you wanted to, again, if you can see the blind spots, because you might not know all the ways that perfectionism is showing up in your life, right? You're not, you might not see all of them. So to the capacity that you can identify them and, you know, go on the journey to solve perfectionism. But meanwhile, the whole time you were doing that, you were not working on your business, <laughs> sure. right? And the, again, unless your business is somehow related to perfectionism. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. You mentioned something way back in the beginning when you were talking about your business journey, about being in alignment and finding a business that was in alignment for you. So how do you define that? Like, what does that, what does alignment mean for you? Yeah, uh, this is a great question. There's a there's a concept that people might be familiar with, ikigai, which is like the overlap of value to the world with strengths, with passion, like what we care about, what we're good at, and what the world wants or is willing to pay for or something like that. And kind of like where that Venn diagram overlaps um, is ikigai. I like that as a model for looking at this. I think there's, you know, there's ways of like breaking those down a little bit more, um, more granularly, but really like, I think a lot of people have this story that like, you have to work hard and work is not fun and it can't be, it can't be enjoyable in any way. And I will say you do have to earn that. You have to earn your ability to do that. It's, it's by no means a given that you can have that, but you can have it. You, you just, have to be willing to put in whatever the you have to pay whatever the fee is the ticket price mm-hmm. is to get into that which might be like taking a detour and it might be saying yes to some things that you aren't really perfectly in alignment to get money so that you can keep going because right we don't want to die trying so <laughs> the the thing that i'm getting at here is listening to yourself and aligning even if you're in a job right now and you're like i think i want to take the entrepreneurial journey or whatever even within your job looking at the things that you you enjoy the most and kind of turning up the dial on those and, you know, like having conversations with your boss. So like, you know, these are the things that I really love doing and I'm getting better and better at because I love doing them so much. Right. Cause I think that's the key question is like when we really love something that enough that we're willing to keep getting better and better at it, you can do really cool things in that area. And so like having a conversation like that, where like, how can I do more of these things can start us on that journey, but within any business, the same thing is true. Like, what are you loving the most? Where are you getting results easier than others? Because a lot of times we have this story, like I have to, in order to get results, I have to do this, 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 and this. And it's like, there might be areas where you're like, you're getting results already. And if we just like give ourselves permission to, to cut these things out and start focusing on the things where we're really getting results, that we can start to you know, tune the dial of our business into more alignment for ourselves, even within the current iteration of the business. And then we might get to a point where we're like, oh, actually, I think I want to specialize in just this thing and then start a new business that way or whatever. That was kind of my journey. I was like, oh, like, I, you know, picking up little clues along the way. And ultimately, I'm like, oh, okay, cool. These all go together. And, uh, you know, makes sense. I think that that's a great, a great journey of it, right? Like, and that's really the point that it's, it's paying attention. It's going through, like you said, it's paying the ticket price. It's trying out a bunch of things that you don't know if you're going to like or not, or it may not be the right exact fit for you, but you're paying attention to what lights you up. And when you can get into that that zone, when you when it's feeling a little bit easier, that's when yeah. you can start piecing those together. So I love thinking about it as more of a journey than this yeah. like thing we have to crush together. 
to force uh, yeah. it. <laughs> oh yeah, one of the mindsets, impatience. Yeah, that's another one that shows okay. up a lot. You know, but you have like, to call me out like that. <laughs> <laughs> I know where I want to be, but <laughs> but why aren't I there right now? Yes. It's like, well, you wouldn't. I, I mean, yeah. This is this is a really tricky one because it's like I think there is a way in which we can really enjoy the journey. You know what I mean? You know, like you go for a hike. And we we always use getting to the top of a mountain as like a, a metaphor for things. And it's like, yeah, like get, getting to the top of the mountain. But if that's your only goal, like you could take a helicopter, like there's mountains you can just drive up. Like if the only point is to stand on the mountain, like that's there's other ways to get there. But the but like the hike of it is really enjoyable. There's it's beautiful the whole time. There's like something like kind of cool about like exercising in that way where you're like moving your body and you're like facing a challenge and all that stuff. And if you can just like kind of root yourself in the joy of the journey that I think is the the real secret to success. Cause then it doesn't matter how long it takes. Cause you're going to enjoy your, your way there. And then we don't, we don't have to be so impatient about like getting to the thing. Cause there'll be incremental results. Like you still have some popcorn when it starts pop popping, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And again, I mean, this is not, this is all me enjoying the journey in hindsight. Of course, like I was, I am still am one of those absolutely impatient people who's like, I see what I want this to be. And I just want to be there. And oh, yeah. And and I think that's why I loved tutoring. I love working with like teenagers, especially when they're on that cusp of like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to be when I grow up? Like, but my advice is always like, don't decide right now. Like, you don't have to decide right now. That's okay. My undergraduate degree is in biomedical engineering. Like, yeah. you just don't know what you're going to want to be when you grow up. And that's okay. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, I like to think of goals not so much as a place to get to, but as a place to come from. So like you're, you know, a goal says more about like what you're wanting in this moment than it says about like where you actually want to be in the world. You know what I mean? Because you don't actually know what it's like to have that goal, right? But you do know what you're wanting in this moment and what your like your drives and desires are. So I think it's kind of cool that way. Yeah, that's a great way to think about it. Love that. Yeah. All right. Well, I also love to nerd out about productivity in this podcast. So I'd like to turn directions a little bit and get a feel for what a normal, I always put it in quotes, day or week in your life looks like as an entrepreneur. So I spend a lot of time coaching. So most of most of my days in the week are going to be full of coaching calls with like little gaps in between them to do, you know... Uh, maintain connections with people through email or whatever that looks like. Um, I spend a lot of time in learning and growth, like my own uh, personal development. Um, You know, I have, I'll like, I go on these long night walks and I'll like study something and then I'll like create content from that and get inspired about it. So um, that's like a big part of like my quote unquote work week. I spend a lot of time (laughs) these days. I spend a lot of time talking to ChatGPT, helping me to like, ideate and see see gaps in like content strategy or things like that where like it's just been a really fun tool to just like use as like a an assistant kind of um i've really been enjoying that some team meetings throughout the week uh deliberate content creation spend a portion of each week kind of thinking about the business like systems and processes for the business to make things smoother, easier. I'm always like looking for like, again, how do I tune that dial? How do I Mm -hmm. decrease the amount of stuff that I'm doing that I don't like doing and increase the stuff that I do like doing? Um, Always 
always connecting with people. I have new connections every week that are important for me to make and massage. And I'm always on the lookout for values aligned entrepreneurs and just people in the world in general. And oh, and then, you know, we have like, I, it goes in the content creation bucket, but we have the podcast. So like do the podcast, you know, finding people, but also managing the process of it, which I, my assistant does most of that, but, um, but there are parts that are mine to do. So that stuff. Yeah, that's great. And is most of yeah. your coaching one-on-one or do you do group programs? <clears throat> it's one-on-one and I have a, I have a group as well that meets once every other week. So, or twice a, twice a month, basically called the mindset gym. Cool. Very, very I'm cool. Practicing that stuff, you know, all those, all those mental gremlins coming in and doing exercises and, you know, being together in community and like having that uh, kind of shoulder to shoulder yeah. approach to looking at, you know, how, how do we think about this in a way that really helps us? And, you know, when, when we hear other people talking about the same things, one, it feels better because, oh, we're like, oh, I'm not the only person, but also then we can start to see more and more of our blind spots. So that's a really beautiful thing. Yeah. I mean, there, there's nothing better than kind of pouring your heart out a little bit in a group coaching call and someone else saying, oh my gosh, I feel the same way. Like that is me, me too. <laughs> it's like the best, like, it's not just me. Okay. It's like, it's so validating and refreshing to hear like, okay, yeah. I'm, I'm not, you know, other people are experiencing this. We can figure it out together. I'm not some so. weirdo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> weirdo, yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. Still up for debate, but yes, yes. Um, <laughs> well, I'm not a weirdo because of that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. And do you use any particular tools to help you stay organized or on track along the way? Oh, a million. Um, yeah, we have so many tools. Airtable is a big one that we use mm-hmm. for, uh, I mean, so many things, keeping like a CRM and we use it for keeping resources in one place and we use it for like knowing where everything is in the business. Um, we use Zapier to like manage like automated client communication, things like that. We use MailerLite to to email our list. We use, uh, Jenny would probably be able to tell you more because she uses a lot of them. <laughs> I use Superhuman because it's an amazing email tool that helps me to get through my email inbox a lot faster. Otter, well, we use mm-hmm. Otter. Now we use Fireflies for um, mm-hmm. uh, recording uh, um, and transcribing things. That's really useful, super powerful tool. Oh man, I mean, there's those are all great. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, you you mentioned a few that I I'm mean, a big fan of Zapier. I think I don't I know I don't use it to its full extent, but that is a very very cool tool. And you know, Airtable c- kind of goes up on the ranking with I think with, with Asana Trello, and ClickUp and Trello yeah. and all of those. Although yeah. it's a that's a very interestingly positioned tool. So I think that yeah, all all great. So. I love that. And I, and it, for me, it's not so much about like the tool. I always say like the, the tool, the best tool for you is the one that you're going to use regularly. So yeah, exactly. I, as long as they're working for you, that's great. Oh yeah. Mem, mem.ai that I use for all my note taking and content, my own content creation, um, which is like, it does like an AI association thing. So it's like kind of like notion, but it, it, you can search and it'll bring up anything that you've talked about around that thing. And then also it like tags things. So like, uh, anyway, I'm, I'm not here to sell them, but it's really cool. <laughs> it's really cool. cool yeah. That's awesome. All right. I have a couple rapid fire questions for you, and then I'll let you share, or I'll have you share where people can find you and learn more about you and, and get looped into your network. So are you a morning person or a night person? 
Night all the way, baby. I don't even like, I don't take my first call until 10 a.m. Same. Love that. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. All digital or paper and pen? Ooh, it's so funny that you asked that because I, I have a, a, this is like a paper and pen notebook that's all digital. So, oh, is that the know, remarkable? I, yeah. I take yeah. all my notes in that or in mem. So I'm mostly digital. Um, I used to be paper and pen. Okay. I like the all feel right. of it because it feels like real pen. I've heard really, really good things about that notebook. I've, I'm going to try it one of these days. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's really Because cool. I'm a paper no, pen person. Like, yeah, but I mean, like, I have half sheets of scribble all over my desk because I'm such a paper pen person. So. Yeah, it's kind of cool for the organizational part of it. It's, I think it, there's a, a long way that the technology could go. I, I, I like the, the super white or whatever. I'm like eyeballing that for my mm-hmm. next. So anyway. <laughs> and then what is your favorite way to relax? Mm. Uh, well, there's different kinds of ways to relax so like I for from like a day my favorite way to relax is like going on a walk I really love that that's my favorite but springs you know a massage those are those are my favorite ways to relax cool yeah and then this has been a lot of fun where can people find out more about you and get involved in your in your world or get some coaching yeah totally so you can uh you can find us on uh lucidshiftcoaching.com that's our website you can find us on Instagram at lucid underscore shift underscore coaching. Um, and uh, yeah, we've got the we've got the mindset gym is the place where I've got availability right now is in that group coaching container where it's like going to the dojo. So um, feel free to reach out to us in the DMs around that. We'll have a, a landing page up around that really soon. But yeah, that would be the those would be the places. Cool. Well, that'll all be in the show notes. This has been oh, and the shift oh, of freedom yeah. podcast. You oh, yes. Perfect. More ideas like this in the Shift to Freedom podcast, for sure. Amazing. Yes. Oh, gosh, I always forget to mention my podcast, too. Yeah, right? But <laughs> <laughs> this has been so much fun, man. This is, I really appreciate your conversation. I really appreciate your candor and just appreciate your insight into the world of coaching. Yeah, great talking to you. Thanks, Chelsea. Thank you for enjoying another episode of From Overwhelmed to Under Control. I hope you're feeling one step closer to your goals. Don't forget to check out the show notes and follow along on Instagram at Chelsea and Coaching. I look forward to talking to you soon.